Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we will be previewing week 11 for fantasy in 2020. We've got big questions, starter sit, and booms and busts on the show today. And it's also episode number 40. So, uh, Chris, I'm glad we've made it this far. It's pretty impressive, I would say. And, uh, yeah, I like that we're still continuing to do this because when we started, we had no idea how long this was going to go. But now we're all the way at episode 40s, and it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, we've come a long, very, very long. (laughs) But uh, we're here, episode 40. I mean, it's quite a long. We're we're four-tenths of the way there to 100. But in reality, we're actually a little bit closer because we started doing two shows a week. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a big accomplishment for sure. And if you heard our practice episode recordings, you would know that we were certainly, this is definitely come a long, long way. We did do mm-hmm. like, like, this is how we got so good from episode one. We did like eight practice episodes in the previous yeah. season. So mm-hmm. like, that's why we were insane to start. Like we were good before and now we're insane. Mm-hmm. All right, but before we get started, I just wanted to mention a good waiver ad not mentioned on Tuesday's show because I only realized after Tuesday just how good of an ad this guy is. And before you're like, oh, he's probably already claimed in my league. He's not. He's owned in like 1.9% of ESPN leagues. It is Willie Sneed, and I have picked him up and flexed him. I promise you that. I have him in my flex spot right now in case you don't believe me. Last three games, he's had 18 targets. He has caught 13 of them. He's played Pittsburgh, gotten five receptions for 106 yards against, I mean, that that pass defense has been pretty bad. Against Indies, which was mediocre, four receptions for 37 yards. But then last week against New England, five receptions for 64 and two touchdowns. Yes, that's decent, but listen to his schedule from weeks 11 to 16. Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Dallas, Cleveland, Jacksonville, New York the Giants. The ranks of those defenses against fantasy wide receivers in half PPR, 29-22-30-27-24-16. That's absolutely ridiculous. He's been like outperforming Marquise Brown. I believe he did last week outperform Marquise Brown, and I am flexing him this week because I really love the matchup against Tennessee. He hasn't really had that good of a matchup in, I don't know. I mean, Tennessee is one of the worst matchups, so it's, it's arguably his best all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee has really struggled. I thought that they were going to be a better pass defense, but they got rid of Logan Ryan, who was a really good rock in their back in their uh, secondary, and now they now they're they just seem to be struggling, and that's really good for any receiver that's playing them. Willie Snead, I think he's an interesting play. I don't think he's necessarily like some kind of must start or something. I actually don't agree with you on flexing him, Calvin. Because I think that touchdown number well, is too inconsistent. My other option is Jarvis Landry. I've got some bye weeks. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, there. Yeah. That, that makes. <laughs> We're going to talk sense, about Jarvis but, Landry a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, there are a few other players that I think I'd rather have. Like, at least on our waiver wire, I'd probably rather take someone like KJ Hamler facing Miami or something. But maybe even Rex Burkhead playing a 30th ranked Houston defense. So I don't know. Of course, but, you would uh, take Rex Burkhead. I like it. All right. I mean, meanwhile, Marquise Brown during that span, by the way, uh, 13 targets to Willie Sneed's 18, six catches to Willie Sneed's 13, and he's had just 55 yards to Willie Sneed's, uh, as I added up, 207. And uh, touchdowns, he's had one to Willie Sneed's two. Basically, Willie Sneed's outperformed him in every single category, and yeah, he should be a good play against the Titans. Like, I would rather play Willie Sneed than Marquise Brown. I think that's fair. 
Mm-hmm. And also, by the way, yeah. I was on the Marquise Brown bus train throughout uh, training uh-huh. camp. Me and too. I, I, I never liked Marquise Brown. I'm satisfying myself with this just because Juju's been really good for the past three weeks for some reason. And, I mean, we'll talk about that at the end of the season. I think I'll probably explain. Like, I have a few theories, but we'll talk about it at the victory lap and award show at the end of the year, which is going to be really fun. We should make drops for each of the awards. (laughs) It's like, most improved. Yep. All right. Most improved. Calvin's fantasy team because it was (laughs) (laughs) – <laughs> That's so mean, but that was kind of funny. All right, let's go to big questions. Big questions. All right, well, big question number one. I told you we're going to talk about Jarvis Landry. I didn't actually, I forgot that he was number one on this big question sheet. Will Jarvis Landry ever break out without OBJ? And here is the problem Jarvis Landry's reception totals throughout this year, he has not caught a single touchdown. Five three four five four three five four three. It's like clockwork. So He's due for fives against Philly, but I think with Austin Hooper coming back and with Nick Chubb coming back and this offense becoming more run heavy, he's not gonna break out like he did last year. He was really good last year, but well, good. Just Calvin, happening. here's the main problem I have right now. I mean, I love Jarvis Landry and all, and I think with the good <laughs> right workload, he would definitely be able to have that breakout game. But the the Browns don't throw the ball enough. Baker Mayfield threw it 20 times, and only 12 of them were caught. Were caught. 12 passes to catches to. Put th- yeah, that's why Nick Chubb returning is so. Significant. 12 passes to catch. I mean, that's just not going to be enough. Now you've got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, you've got Austin Hooper coming in to take away from some of the workload. I just don't think that the workload is there. And while I do think he's going to have a few good games and catch a touchdown, it's never going to be enough to get a breakout game. I mean, a breakout game comes with 10 receptions for two touchdowns at 100 yards. That's just not going to happen. Baker Mayfield completed 12 passes. There's no way Jarvis Landry is going to get 10. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, unless there's some ridiculous shift of the target share, but Austin Hooper's gotten some targets too. So, yeah. but look at, let's look at this. Chris, you had Jarvis Landry's wide receiver 17 heading into the preseason or heading into the season. That's higher than you had A.J. Brown, Calvin Ridley, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, D.K. Metcalf, Stephon Diggs, Terry McLaurin, Tyler Boyd, and D.J. Chark. Ugh. Oh, you had Jarvis Landry higher than all of I those mean, I Honestly, his target share has been there. Like, it hasn't actually been that bad. When you put it Now with Chubb and Hooper coming back, it will. When you put it in percentages, right? It actually yeah. hasn't been that bad this season. But Kevin Stefanski just runs the ball over and over again. I did not... I mean, I knew he was run heavy, but I thought they'd still have to go back to the pass sometimes. Seems like they really don't want to do that. So, uh, that's... Yeah, I mean, even without OBJ, there's just not enough to go around. Mm-hmm. Do yeah. fantasy managers need to worry about DK Metcalf? Two receptions for 28 yards last no. week versus the Rams and Jalen Ramsey. And cr- for, to Chris and I, like, to the experts, this is pretty obviously no. But, I mean, to the little fantasy noobs. Who, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding, of course. But, like, I mean, I think less experienced fantasy players might look into this one-game trend and take something out of it. And we're here to tell you. And there's nothing wrong and, with being less I mean, experienced. Especially like, if, you, if you are less experienced at something, there's no shame in being not experienced at fantasy football. I mean, you're listening to this podcast to get help. But don't take any stock into it. My yeah. his stock doesn't drop at all. This I mean, here's expected. the problem. Some people are going to be saying, oh, in the, in the last four games, DK Metcalf has had, two, uh, has had two games under four points. Like, those are outliers. You look at the rest of the games, they're all great. One cause for concern a little bit with me, uh, I almost consider putting DK Metcalf on my bus list for this week. It's because he's facing Arizona, who last time he played against them, two catches for 23 yards. 
they really just tried to shut him down with Patrick Peterson and they left Tyler Lockett open for Russell Wilson to just throw to over and over again. The reason I didn't put that on is because I thought the Cardinals are going to have to make game plan adjustments. They can't have Tyler Lockett scoring, getting 15 receptions. That's just way too much. Yards or whatever. They're going to probably put Patrick Peterson, I think, on him a little bit at least. And I think that'll give DK Metcalf an opportunity to get, to get open a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it was curious. I mean, I guess, did Jalen Ramsey said he wasn't going to shadow DK, but he kind of did. Well, it's mm-hmm. not like a shadow shadow, but like, you know, I, I think he did, did, didn't he? Yeah, I think for the most part. Yeah, but like... This isn't anything like you have to start DK mm-hmm. Metcalf and yeah, you're going to have to live with it's like Tyler Lockett last year. You're going to have to live with the down games because that's just the type of player he is. But you have to start him because you can't really predict when he's going to go down and up. Except, I mean, a lot of people were on the DK Metcalf bus train. This was expected. Nobody ex- like if you, I had you had asked me what I thought DK Metcalf was going to do. I mean, I probably would have said something like this. So nothing is changing for me about him. It's just the one tough matchup against a tough overall or all around secondary anyway but like especially mm. with Jalen yeah. Ramsey like it's like best against fantasy wide receivers I believe so no mm. need to worry little fantasy noobs don't worry <laughs> it's okay no I don't want to be mean what will happen to Travis Fulgham he has been very good until I think he was actually number four in points per game for fantasy wide receivers and half PPR until he had one reception for eight yards on Sunday against the Giants. He gets Cleveland next, but Jalen Rager is coming back. Dallas, or he came back. Dallas Goddard is coming back. Zach Ertz might be coming back this week. And even with that, Zach Ertz had a full practice. Oh, Zach Ertz did? Mm -hmm. Oh, so he's definitely coming back then. I mean, they weren't that involved in the offense before, and Travis Fulgham won't completely go away. But, like, one reception for eight yards that's where you got to worry. Like, just that's more more of a trend. Cleveland is a good matchup next week. That might be his last gasp while the other guys get worked into the offense. But I mean, if he does well against Cleveland, I might try to. I would definitely try to sell high because this might uh-huh. be the end of Travis Fulcom. At least, yeah, I mean, he'll well still be fantasy relevant, maybe. I think, but yeah, like, definitely not crazy good. Mm-hmm. I agree. Whoa, there, little Mike thingy there. I dropped my phone. I dropped my info. I was looking down Travis Fulgham. All right. Well, that's all right. Let's scrape, scrape, scrapey scrape. Uh, is yeah. Naheem Hines the best back to own in Indy? This is a tough one. Mm, I think he is. I mean, just based on sole workload, he likes it. He's good in the passing game too. So especially in a half PPR and full PPR, you're really helped out by him. I think he's the best back. He's the one getting the most carries. And I mean, He's the one catching the passes. He's got to be the best back for me. Yeah, and just to clarify, we're talking rest of season, not dynasty, because we don't cover dynasty on this podcast. But for dynasty, it would be Jonathan Taylor. But mm-hmm. yes, you're right. Naheem Hines, he gets the most catches. And even if he doesn't get the most carries, he still could be the best back to own, especially in half PPR. But he got the most carries last week too. And he's been very efficient. Jonathan Taylor, I don't think, is has much of a case for that. So the only other option is Jordan Wilkins, who hasn't really been that good when he's been in the future featured role either. So like, especially mm-hmm. being the pass catcher, like I would say Naheem Hines is the best back there rest of season. Um, and finally, is there any reason to worry about Aaron Jones's workload? He had 18 touches last week. Five of them were catches, which was nice, but Jamal Williams had 11 and people forget that this is what we saw last year. I mean, maybe not as late in the season, but Jamal Williams got worked in, and then during the home stretch, the Packers just ran Aaron Jones into the ground. And I'm not worried because I think it's like with Kareem Hunt. Crazy stat. 
in the four games, like the first eight weeks of the season that Kareem Hunt played, in the four games that he was with Nick Chubb, he played better than the four games he was without. And Aaron Jones without Mm -hmm. Jamal, or not without Jamal Williams, I mean, he hasn't had the best yards per carry ever since his hot start to the season. So I think maybe if they can serve him a little bit, he'll have more fresh legs. And he can be more efficient even now just with uh, Jamal Williams, like, splitting carries just because of efficiency. Like, if Kareem Hunt can be better with Nick Chubb than without, like, he's a good buy low. But, like, Aaron Jones, he he would be – I mean, I like him as a buy low because he hasn't done that well the last couple weeks. And I think – I don't really think there's – maybe worrisome about his workload specifically for now – I don't really think that's going to affect his fantasy stock too much. I mean, I'm an Aaron Jones owner and I'm not really that concerned. Like when Chris brought this up, I was like, I was not really that concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't usual think there's too much, too much cause for concern. It is int- I mean, obviously it is interesting that 18 to 11, a little closer than some people expect. I think that's one of the reasons that I was, I mean, it was really a close rate all along the one that Calvin and I did. And I really wasn't sure, but I think just that little bit of, Jamal Williams creeping in was what put it over the edge for me. But really, I wouldn't be worried about this too much. The Packers are a really high-scoring offense. So even though Aaron Jones hasn't been able to find the end zone for you owners uh, over the last few weeks, I think that he is definitely a safe play still. All right. Yeah, I I agree. He's definitely a very safe play. And his reception upside, I really like it. Let's go to starter Mm -hmm. set. Yeah. Starter sit. All right. So start or sit. Austin Hooper. He's facing the Eagles, who are 27th against tight ends in fantasy. But against Houston last week, he had one catch for 11 yards. Yeah, it so was weird. out-targeted by a lot. by Or not by, like, a lot, because Baker Mayfield didn't throw much. From Jarvis Landry. And that's why, I mean, even though it's easy to be a top-12 tight end, I'm sitting him this week. And because he didn't do well even in his good matchup last week. It's so weird. I expected him to do very well, because I expected him to have the better uh, – chemistry with Baker Mayfield than Jarvis Landry but I'm just taking a wait and see approach he's not droppable but I don't think he's a start this week I'm gonna say that he is a start just because we can't trust tight ends enough now there is one guy that I'll talk about later I'll give you guys a, I'll give you guys a hint Taysom Hill who I would I would start over him and he's probably available on your waiver wire but uh gosh I can't you're actually start you know he some, Chris is genuinely starting Taysom Hill in our league this week yeah guys if some if some genius happens to have picked up Taysom Hill in your league, then go ahead and start Austin Hooper. But otherwise, pick up Taysom Hill and start him, guys. I'm telling Over you. Over Austin Hooper. So we're going to go back to this next week. You think Taysom Hill is going to outscore Austin? Well, actually, I don't hate the pick. I'm not going to go. We're not going to go back to that next week. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. if Taysom Hill breaks out, we will go back to it. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, if he, if he gets a ton of quarterback reps, Calvin, I could be starting a, a, a part-time quarterback at tight end. This is going to, after this week, he's going to lose. Who also plays running back. No, Kevin. after this week, he's going to lose tight end eligibility. But do you realize Sean Payton's not, not needing a start that. at the I mean, end well, of the week? Well, guys, guys, to clarify, Calvin, he doesn't, he's not going to. like. Okay, well, sure. after this week, ESPN's going to take it away, I think. Like, it, it, here's the thing. Sean Payton has declined to name a starter until the end of the week. If it is Taysom Hill, I could see maybe his eligibility gets taken away before he plays on Sunday. No, they said, they, they said they're not going to take it away because it's all based on snap count data. Oh, so they're not taking it away this week, even if he's named the starter at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay, so worst case scenario, he gets a few reps. He's going to get a few reps with Jameis. Best case, you're starting a starting quarterback in your tight end spot. 
That's like every fantasy manager's dream where it's like you have no flex and you're like, can I start a quarterback here, please? Like you're getting that at your tight end spot. If Taysom Hill gets to start at quarterback against Atlanta, I think he's probably tight end one this week. Um, maybe I'd say, oh, if he actually, starts at quarterback, he's tight end one this week. That's ridiculous. Chris, this pickup there, Chris is looking smarter and smarter. And even if he doesn't, he's proven he can put up numbers when he gets the right amount of touches and he will get touches with Jameis he's Winston. He's going to get some he quarterback eight touches. Carries I mean, last week, eight carries. Even if he's not the starter, they're not going to put Jameis Winston out there for every single play. Taysom Hill already had some snaps at quarterback. That's just going to grow and grow right now. Exactly. Awesome. He had eight carries and Drew Brees played half of that game he had eight like that's more touches than a tight end gets obviously it doesn't get the catch bonus but like that's more touches than a tight end could get if your tight end gets eight touches in a game you're you're, you're all set mm-hmm. yeah well that, let's go back to starter set um Tom Brady versus the Rams coming off a really good game but two weeks ago coming off a bad game against New Orleans now he's facing the Rams but I am going to start Tom Brady just because you don't sit your studs, and I think because he's got these three wide receivers, this is going to be the week where the Rams actually allow decent wide receiver production because they can't cover all three. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, A.B., that's like one of the best receiving cores ever. Uh, Tom Brady's a start for me. It, it, when he's had all three of these guys playing full snap counts, which was last week, he was amazing. And Tom Brady's now, like, honestly, maybe even a solid QB1 the rest of the year mm-hmm. like just because yeah uh normally pretty much every single other game this season i'm saying start tom brady but against the rams who just held russell wilson to less than nine points it's gonna have to be a sit for me that their their offense is just too, too good and i think that you can find better options on your waiver wire so i mean just this week he's a sit but other than that i think you're you're good to go like calvin said he has a great wide receiver trio so uh i think that you you should be very happy if you have him on your fantasy team except for this week i think he's a sit for now all right Let's go to Deshaun Watson versus New England, and he's coming off a bad performance versus mm-hmm. Cleveland. But before that bad performance, he scored like 14, so that's actually not too bad. He was doing so well. Like, this is another one, like a DK Metcalf situation where people panic after one week and then see a good match or a bad matchup. His previous weeks before that, this is him weeks three through nine. 17, 21, 25, 32, 24, 24. I was rounding. But, I mean, his he's so good that you got to start him. He's done so well. He's only QB seven, but that's because QB has been so good this year. He's averaged 21.4 points per game. You don't sit a guy who averages over 21 points per game at quarterback. Mm -hmm. Basically he's almost matchup proof. I would say. So um, uh, let's move on to DJ Moore. He's facing the lions who are 15th against fantasy wide receivers. Um, and he's coming off a good game versus Tampa Bay because when CMC sat out. So, Chris, would you start or sit him this week? Yeah, I'm not 100% sure about this one, but Teddy Bridgewater was looking to DJ Moore. He managed to get a touchdown. The Lions, I mean, they're not anything great. They're not too bad. Um, I think that the Panthers are going to have to look to pass. Actually, I'm going to take that back. I don't think they're going to have to look to pass because Mike Davis, we know he's a solid running back. and He's, he's played too good facing though. Mike Davis is facing the Lions, who have been absolutely atrocious against the run. I think that Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Mike Davis are going to run a bit all over them. But there's DJ Moore is still going to be able to uh, – he's going to be able to stretch the field. And then one of these plays, Teddy Bridgewater is going to hit him deep. He'll catch a few other short passes just throughout the game script. He's definitely worth a start, I mean, at least at your flex. If you if you have someone better than him at your flex and your wide receiver too, then props to you for having a great team. But uh, I think he's definitely a start. Yeah, I mean, I would say he's a start too. 
um, and maybe not like definite, definite, but pretty definite since CMC is out. He's gotten good targets. He's been a good deep threat. I think it's his deep threat potential that I like the most against this Detroit defense where he can capitalize for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a start. I mean, it's mainly because CMC is out. Because when CMC was in, DJ Moore was not very good. And that's what people are going to be worried about those couple of games over there. Or no, not the one game with CMC was in, then the other game where he was bad. But, I mean, he's sort of a boomer bust pick, but I would start it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, it's very boomer bust. But uh, I I think I'm going to agree with you here. I think that he definitely he gets that start. Okay, Ronald Jones versus the Rams. And this is the Tampa Bay backfield. It's like a coin flip who's going to take over week to week. But uh-huh. since he ran for 192 yards, even with the tough matchup, I've got to – I guess I've got to start him. I mean, other than that 98-yard touchdown, he had 22 attempts for 94 yards. But then again, you can't leave out those plays. That's just stupid. Like, that's like if you're – oh, if he didn't have his good three runs, he was bad. Like, that's stupid. It's so unpredictable. But And I hate to say it. I, I feel like I'm going to burn you guys. I burned everyone suggesting Fournette on Twitter last week. But I mean, you have to start Ronald Jones. You've got he's, he's a start. Oh no! I know I'm, this Ronald is Jones so hard. Been really good. He's gonna be an interesting guy to look at next week, especially or next year if Ron, if Leonard Fournette stays with the uh, with the. Don't Fox, worry, but. he won't. <laughs> for net for now, uh, it's really unpredictable. But and it's a tough matchup. But I just feel like you have to start him. I think that there are gonna be lots of times where. Uh, they're just going to want to hand the ball off because that Rams pass defense is so good. And uh, if Ronald Jones can get outside the tackles, I don't think he'll have actually as much trouble as people think, just because once you avoid Aaron Donald a little bit uh, and you're not passing the ball, then the Rams defense isn't that great. So uh, basically if you don't run it down the middle or uh, throw it anywhere, you guys are good. That's just telling you how good the Rams defense is. It really only seems like if you can get outside the tackles, you can, uh, you can make a play, but, I think that he'll be solid enough to put him in fantasy start range, but it's very, very close. He's there got like are a better options. Got a 51% chance to be a really good play and a 49% <laughs> yeah. chance to be not. All right. Mm-hmm. Booms and busts. Booms and busts. All right, booms and busts. And my first boom <laughs> is Adam Thielen. He was good last week versus Chicago, and now he gets – oh, who does he get? I didn't. I didn't write it down. I'm an idiot. I'm so stupid. He. I know he gets someone really good or really bad against uh, fantasy receivers. Mm. He was. He caught two touchdowns last week. Now he's gonna break out against the Cowboys. What the booms and busts? We have so many picks against the Cowboys. But seven targets, four receptions, forty-three yards, two scores against a really tough Chicago defense makes me think he's gonna get back on track. I think he was a good buy low after last week, but that ship has sailed. It will have especially sailed after he breaks out against Dallas. So nice boom there. And then DJ Chark, he's facing Pittsburgh, who's, again, like I said, been pretty bad against fantasy wide receivers, 22nd. He should bounce back from last week where he had four receptions for 40-something yards on five targets. He was facing Green Bay, though, who's tough against fantasy wide receivers. And, I mean, it's been shown. Jake Lutton gave him a boost, helped him in the deep ball game. And I think DJ Chark is a nice little boom pick, too. Yeah, uh, DJ Chark is he's kind of interesting. I think that he has some good prospects. But, uh, yeah, Adam Thielen, I mean, he's a good one, too. He's placing Chicago. I mean, he was really good last week. And it was kind of scary because, you know, you think, hey, is Dalvin Cook starting to take over this offense so much where the where the wide receivers aren't getting enough work. That's what but, uh, I love. 
I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you here that I think that that's not going to be able to stay that way forever. Um, the Bears have a pretty good defense, so I think they're going to have to show off all facets of their game if they – or wait, or no, not – oh, wait, that was good last week. For sure. or I guess he was a good by low. I said he is, but I meant he was. Wait, who is he playing this week, Adam Thielen? Uh, Cowboys. <laughs> easy dub. Oh, okay, yeah. If he's playing the Cowboys, he is a huge – yeah, you've got Justin Jefferson versus what? Dallas. I almost picked him too, just so you know. But then I thought of oh yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, my first try is better though. But uh, anyways, oh, yeah, and I also agree with DJ Chark. I mean, he's playing actually. Honestly, I disagree. Uh, actually, I have to, I have to take that back. I think a new quarterback, uh, Jake Lutton, isn't gonna be able to get much going. James Robinson is a huge producer of first downs for them, and he's not gonna be able to get going. I just don't think that there's gonna be enough opportunity in the red zone for DJ Turk to put up a good enough stat line. And it's not like Pittsburgh is awful against the, against fantasy wide receivers. I just don't think it's going to happen. He's been so inconsistent this year. It really only seems like big plays. I totally disagree with this one. I'd actually probably put him more towards the bus category for me. All right. So, uh, and then you, um, all right. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward pause. All right. Uh, okay. You want me to give my first one? Sure. Taysom Hill, let's go. <laughs> he's like the new young waiku. I know, he's like the new young waiku. Yeah, Chris, how does it feel to have a young waiku? It feels good. I just have to see him play well, and I then like I can the be peak. the ultimate Taysom Hill guy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Taysom Hill, I'm well, very no, happy to have him You on won't the be the ultimate Taysom Hill guy after this week, because then everyone will be crazy, and then it'll be like, Taysom Hill is no longer eligible at tight end. Because he mm-hmm. took zero, he took one snap at tight end. Yeah, it's like the guy who got eight. Yeah, we mentioned this on the the waiver show. The guy who got eight carries and no catches is only tight end eligible. <laughs> and then he became quarterback eligible too. That's so funny. Let's go! Oh my goodness, <laughs> I I feel like I'm I feel like I'm starting a part time quarterback at tight end, guys. It's I feel like I'm starting a part time running back, potentially full time. I feel like I'm starting a an eight carry running back who's going to run a bunch of QB snaps and who also catches passes in the red zone. It's like Jarvis Landry, but like five times a game. Yeah. <laughs> Except he's my, he's my tight end. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm literally combining. It, Jarvis it feels Landry. like cheating, doesn't it? This is what I feel like. I feel like I'm combining Jarvis Landry, Jordan Wilkins and Jalen hurts all into one player. And just starting. Him. Why Jordan Wilkins? Cause he had eight carries last week. Oh, okay. No, this is like, it, it feels like cheating, doesn't it? It does. Kind of felt like cheating that like, it's like it's, it didn't feel like le- cheating to get Young Waiku. It just felt like I was, Honestly, pu- pu- right I was now, putting one over Hill, on every single person in the entire he's world. He's a legal cheat, guys. He's a legal cheat in fantasy. Young Waiku was him. just putting one over on people, not a Please cheat. Please start him. He is literally a legal cheat. Hashtag not a cheat, Young Waiku. Also, I follow <laughs> Young Waiku on Twitter. You can check that. I think Big I Calvin, do. I'm actually posting that to Twitter. The first no, don't post league. it to Twitter now, not during the episode. You can follow us at Calvin underscore SGF, at Chris mm-hmm. underscore SGF, at SGFPod. You, you posted it? Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to. In a, I'm going to later. Okay, second boom candidate, who is dwarfed by Taysom Hill. Oh, I thought you were going for yours. Uh, Justin Jefferson, and yes, he's going to score more points than Taysom Hill. I know, shocker. There aren't many people that are going to be scoring more points than Taysom Hill. But if there is one, it's Justin Jefferson. He's facing Dallas. He's going to catch some amount of long passes. This seems like a repeat of that 150-yard game when everyone went to scrambling to go pick him up. 
he's going to get 130 touchdowns, 150 yards. That's my prediction for him this week. Dallas secondary is just chewed up. Trayvon Diggs, their best corner, who I would have guessed would probably be shadowing Justin Jefferson, maybe to Adam Thielen, but uh, Trayvon Diggs is out with a broken foot. So that secondary just gets worse and worse and worse. <laughs> I didn't Please even know that. Justin Jefferson. I mean, he's definitely, uh, definitely very worthy of being started this weekend. Uh, I think he's just been really good this season. Now he has a great matchup, so it's pretty obvious for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I really like the pick. I was almost my pick, and then I just decided to take Adam Thielen instead. But like, yeah, I, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That was really weird, but you know, anyway, um, my first bust is Chris Godwin versus the Rams. He was behind Mike Evans and Antonio Brown last week in targets. And now he gets one of the toughest, uh, fantasy defenses. I think that's a pretty obvious pick. Then Todd Gurley, my second one is facing new Orleans. He's been inefficient already. Now he has to face the best defense against fantasy running backs. That's surprising that new Orleans is there in half PPR, but yeah, I think Todd Gurley's duper robust. He might save himself with a touchdown, but I don't know if he's going to do that great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I just, he's, yeah, he's so inefficient. And the New Orleans pass defense, people forget, was actually been pretty good. Um, I basically agree with you here, Calvin. I just don't think that, that, I think the production is too inconsistent. And the moment he faces a bad defense, it's going to go downhill quick. I'm sitting, I mean, if I have Todd Gurley, I'm considering sitting him, and he's definitely a bust for Ooh. me this week. I wouldn't sit him, but I think he's a bust. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if you have a good team, you could sit him. All right, Chris, so your busts before we go to the credits? Oh, yeah, I have to do my busts. My first bust is Devontae Adams, and I think that the Indiana pass, I think the Indiana pass defense is actually going to be able to slow him down, unpopular opinion. People say that the Indiana defense isn't that good, but... I really feel like this is going to be another kind of week where it's just the entire offense seems a little bit slower. They're not going to have all parts of their game working, and I just don't think Devonta Adams is going to be able to find the end zone this week, and I, that's just going to diminish his value. So maybe it's not a major bust. Maybe he gets, still get manages to get like ten points at the most. I'd say with like eighty yards and or maybe actually maybe like I'd say he could get twelve points at the most off of yards. But if that's a great game right there, mm-hmm. if he doesn't get that, I think he's going into the bust category. Because I don't think he's going to get a touchdown. Indiana has been pretty solid. And then my other guy is Josh Jacobs. And uh, this matchup makes me a bit nervous because we know how good the Chiefs defense is. Or uh, not the, the Chiefs defense. Uh, the Chiefs offense is, is. And I think that the Raiders are going to fall behind a little bit. And they're going to have to make up some ground. Last time they beat them 31-17, to they did it through the air. And I think they're going to want to do that again. Josh Jacobs, he's been giving up carries to Devontae Booker. And now he... Uh, now, like I said, they're going to want to pass, and I think that's going to be the main part of their game. Now, when you factor in Devontae Booker, almost with like a, a 40, 60, or maybe 35, 65 split with Devontae Booker, that's trouble right there. So I just think that the workload isn't going to be enough for him to be fan be too good this week. He's definitely still a start, but I think that he's going to – there's a good possibility that he buffs, busts from where a lot of people have him going this week. Mm-hmm. All right, so is that it? Mm-hmm. I think it is. All right. E, E, E. Are you ready for the credits? Mm-hmm. All righty. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can send us fantasy questions at Calvin underscore SGF at Chris underscore SGF. And you can also follow our podcast for updates at SGF pod. Um, 
what? Oh my gosh. If you want to find our preseason rankings and articles, go to sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy. And you can submit if you want. Submit questions via email at secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out our live show, Second and Goal Sports Talk. Um, you can find us on uh, – you can find us at www.sprtscastr.com slash sgsportstalk or download the Sportscaster app the way I spelled it. Follow us at, at sgsportstalk. Follow us on Twitter at sgsportstalk. Email us at secondandgoalsportstalk at gmail.com. It's not that hard to remember. If you, I'm going to actually be writing for Sportscaster News soon since Tecmo Hole had shut down. You can go to news.sportscaster.com and stay tuned there because I'll probably be par- publishing an article mm-hmm. sometime soon. I don't have one up yeah. there yet, but, you know, it'll be fun. And mm-hmm. um, it will. did I miss something? I don't think so. I mean, I'm not very good at the credits, but I don't think you missed anything. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. And, yeah, get Taysom Hill in your league right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> Do it, guys. Oh, man, maybe I should have dropped Austin Hooper for him after talking down about him on the show. Thanks for listening. (laughs) We'll see you next time.